0: Father, thank you so very much for a day as special as this. We give you glory for everything that you continue to do and for all that you have done in our lives. We pray that just as you have always done, that once again you bless your word and that you cause your word to bless your people. We give you praise and we truly give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I am very, very honored to be here. It's always an honor. Um, to be here to preach the gospel or even to, you know, to do anything in whatever capacity I find myself. The difference is that today I'm not here in my capacity as a drama. I'm here in my capacity as a preacher. And um, I'm honored to be here in whatever regard. Because, you know, the, the, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that for the Lord is not unjust to forget our labor of love. And you see, when the writer of Hebrews starts by saying that the Lord is not unjust to forget our labor of love, he doesn't leave it there. He actually helps us understand what that labor of love is. And he said, the Lord is not unjust to forget your labor of love. What is the labor of love? In that, you ministered and continue to minister to God's people, Hebrews 6 verse 10. And so whenever you have an opportunity, whether it has to come with, you know, singing whether it has to do with being an usher, being in the prayer team, or whichever team at all. Um, It's an opportunity to be a blessing to God's people, and that's why I'm truly thankful to be here. Um, Last week, we started a whole new series on Relationship Revolution, Um, and um, if you have followed Pastor Greg's preaching for some time, by God's grace, I've had the privilege of listening to Pastor Greg since 2017. So, But if you have listened to Pastor Craig for some time, there is almost one thing that is like a trademark in all his sermons. Like you can almost predict, even without seeing him preach, there are certain things, one particular expression that you can always be sure that this is Pastor Craig preaching. And and that is not unusual because um, all across scripture even, you know, when you take the, the, the Apostle Paul, for instance, one of the things that typifies the writings of Paul the Apostle, is that you see him specifically in all the books that he writes. Romans chapter 1, verse 1, he starts by saying, I, Paul, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's like an introduction. You go to 1 Corinthians 1, verse 1, I, Paul, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 1, I, Paul, an apostle. So consistently, you see something that becomes almost like a trademark in the, in the ministry of people that God calls. But with Pastor Craig, after listening to him for about what six years, there's one thing. Once you see him preaching and you see him going to the board this way, you know what's coming, right? You expect that. He, he takes the chalk and then he does something like this. And he says, I'm not sure if I'm drawing it well, but are, are you recording this? Make sure he doesn't see I did this, okay? Make sure he doesn't see I did this. <laughs> and uh, you have something like this here. Um, what, what, okay. So... <laughs> Once you see Pastor Craig draw this, anytime, anytime you come here for a sermon, and assuming you missed the sermon, and you just see this on the board, you know for sure it's Pastor Craig that preached, because that has become almost like a trademark in all of his sermons. And what this means, as many of you know, is more like a relationship circle, and Pastor Craig has consistently told us that as humans, and more specifically for the purpose of relevance, you know, as Christians, I um, We are created to have four different levels of relationship. We are created for four different levels of relationship. He said the first one is that we have relationship with God up there. So the one up there, the man up there is God. I don't know how different that is from the one at the bottom, but let me just add something too. So so that's God. So he says that we are created for relationship with God. And then we are created for relationship with others created for relationship with ourselves, and created for relationship with the staff of earth. And as you know, the success or the quality of the other relationships are hinged upon the kind of relationship we have with God. Let, let me break this down for you to see. In John chapter 17, verse can I can you show this scripture, please? The Bible says, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now watch this. When it says that we are created for relationship with God, the word knowing in the scripture there means that to have a deep, intimate relationship with God. Now remember the Bible says, John three sixteen that, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now here, the, the Bible is explaining to us what eternal life is. He says, okay, now this is what we actually call eternal life. Eternal life is that they may know you, which is the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So that is, you know, a scripture that backs the fact that our relationship with God is an indispensable part in this Christian journey. Now, if you come to relationship with with self, you know, you would need to have a relationship with God to be able to better understand the relationship with yourself this is why the psalmist was speaking psalm 139 he said search my heart O lord and know my deepest thoughts because there is only a limit that you can be able to find out about yourself and then it comes to having a relationship with staff of earth genesis 2 verse 15 when god gives a command to adam the bible says and god placed adam in the garden of eden and and told him to take care of it so, there is some component of relationship that we have in these areas. But today, I want to dwell so much on relationship with others. Relationship with others. Now, in this Christian journey, you know, consistently Jesus has taught us, and you know, the epistles have also taught us, that we do not live this Christian life in isolation. We do not live the Christian life in solitude. We live with others. And the success, or perhaps, The extent to which we'll be able to, you know, chalk success within this Christian kingdom is highly dependent on how we relate with other people. Look at this. Jesus was teaching. One day the disciples came to him and they said, Master, we want to ask you something. We want you to teach us how to pray because we've seen that John has taught his disciples how to pray. And Jesus teaching them, he said, when you pray, listen to this. We just prayed that prayer. He said, when you pray, pray saying, Our Father. Now, I want you to place emphasis on the word our. Jesus could have simply said, when you go praying, pray saying, my father. And that's an individualistic ideology. But Jesus said, when you go praying, pray saying, our father. Instilling a sense of belongingness. Instilling a sense of community. Instilling that sense of putting other people in mind. Ah, watch this. Look at this. The Bible says that as Christians, we are given an instruction. It says, let your light... So shine before others. I I love the scriptures. Watch this. The Bible says, let your light so shine, not just before yourself, but before others so that they will see that light and give glory to your Father in heaven. Because Jesus came and he said, I am the light. And, And we are told that Christ in us is the hope of glory. So Jesus lives in us and Jesus is the light. And the Bible says, let that light which is inside of you shine in the presence of others, so that they would see and in turn give glory to God. And so there is, you know, a very important aspect, and and, and I dare say indispensable aspect when it comes to having relationship with others that we cannot afford to miss. And so I want us to look at one passage for today, Matthew chapter 5, please. Matthew chapter 5 from verse 33. The Bible this is Jesus speaking. The Bible says again, you can follow on the screen here. This is Jesus speaking. He said, again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne. Let's go ahead, Mary. Or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Now, whenever you hear Jesus preaching or Jesus speaking in the scriptures, I want you to take your time, take a deep breath, and try to, for the lack of a better word, digest the words the word that Jesus is speaking here. Now, the Bible says, can you go back to the first screen again? The Bible says, Jesus speaking says that, look, you have heard something that was told you in the past. Right before Jesus said this, right before Jesus went to this passage, he had told them that you have heard something said in the past that you should not commit adultery. And this, these were the laws given to them by Moses in the Old Testament dispensation. He said to them, you have heard that you, know, you must not commit adultery. And Jesus said, it's not just about not committing adultery. Jesus said, if you look lustfully at a woman, you have already committed the act of adultery. Jesus was trying to say, rather than focusing on just the action, we have to also pay attention to the motive that premeditated the action. So Jesus said, you have heard them tell you that if you commit, you must not commit adultery. Yes, that's that's okay. But what I'm also going to add is that you must not look lustfully at a woman because if you look lustfully at a woman, then you have already committed that act of adultery. Now, because you see, it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. There are so many things that happens within the heart. Now, watch this. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, it says that, guard your heart, listen to this, guard your heart with all diligence. What is the reason? Because out of the heart springs all the issues of life, all the issues of life. So Jesus was going a top notch, he's going a, 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 step, a, a step further to say, look, you, you, you have just been thinking about, you know, let's not commit the act of adultery, but there is a component that is happening in your heart that has already committed the act. So having said this, he went to a different topic and he said to them, look, you have also heard that, you know, when you, when you make a vow, make sure that you, you fulfill the vow to the Lord. But I also want to say that don't even make an oath at all. Because, you see, people of God, in our relationships with other people, one ingredient that you cannot take out at all out of our relationships with other people is the ingredient of trust. Now, this is the reason why when you see, you know, when, when you know, companies want to advertise or market something, they try to find people whom the society has already trusted in. Have you ever seen, you know, a, a company trying to find somebody who is known as a social misfit, someone who is like, you know, known for being an armed robber or whatever, and saying we want the person to advertise our products? No way. They always want to select people who have gained the trust of the general populace. And then they bring the people to come and advertise because the assumption and the belief is that if this person has, you know, can vouch, can put his integrity on the line to advertise about this product, then it is worth buying it. So trust is something that you cannot afford to take out of relationships. Now here, what was happening? Now, again, when you read the scriptures, it's important to look at the cultural, you know, dynamic that was at play. So that, that, that helps us understand the context. Now, this was the time when people were just, in order for people to trust them, they would go a step further to add certain words. I swear by the heaven. This is what I mean. I swear by the, by the earth. I'm, I'm, I'm being faithful. You know, imagine, imagine you're trying to really, uh, this is funny, imagine you're trying to really get uh, the attention of a, of, of, of a lady as a guy, and then you go to the lady and you're like, look, let me see, what, what do we have there? Can you go to the next one? Um, okay, and then you start saying, I swear by the heaven, I'll be faithful to you. You know, honey, darling, I swear by the earth, I'll never disappoint you. And then what's the other one? Um, I swear by Jerusalem, you always be my lover. And then I swear by my head, I'll be your bread. C- can, can you imagine that? Now, all of these statements that people would make It's just because you would expect that by saying these additional things, you will be trusted the more. Now, the point Jesus is making here is that we should get to the point where with or without saying these things, our attitudes should be enough to let people trust what we are saying so we don't need to add these additional things. You see, the thing that was happening in the Old Testament dispensation was that If anybody was to make a vow, you would have to make a vow with a superior authority. So, if I was going to make a vow, I would have to call on a superior authority like God to say, by God, I mean this. But you see, these people were trying to play very, you know, um, smart tactics, if you like. Because look at how they were swearing. They swear by the heaven. Look at this. When God was impressed with Abraham, there was a time when God was so impressed with Abraham and God wanted to bless Abraham. And God said, I just want to let you trust me the more that I will will bless you. And because of the human understanding of men, this is what God said. The Bible says, God looked through the heavens, looked through the earth, tried to find somebody who was higher than him and he could find none. So he told Abraham, he said, Abraham, I swear by myself that in blessing I will bless you. And in multiplying, I will multiply you. So so they would always have to swear by someone that was higher than them. But these people were being very smart. They said, we swear by the heaven. What has heaven got to do? We swear by, um, by the earth. By my head. By Jerusalem. And Jesus said, look, we need to go past that stage where it's just I want to make a statement for people to know that I'm speaking the truth. But that it has to get to the point where I just speak and people accept what it is. Sorry, guys. I just speak and people can accept what it is. Because we have to, you know, Jesus was teaching them here. And in the teaching, clearly you can see how he he keeps mentioning the individual items. That you swear by the heaven. You swear by the earth. You swear by your head. You swear by all these things. He says, let your yes, let, simply let your yes be your yes, and let your no be your no. Because anything that goes beyond this comes from the evil one. And this is the teaching Jesus was trying to, I'm just, I have a very short sermon today. This is what Jesus was trying to say. Jesus is saying that, look, the quality of the fruit that you see amongst other things is highly dependent on the quality of the seed that you sow. Say that one more time. Jesus was teaching them in essence that the quality of the fruit, among other things, is highly dependent on the quality of the seed that is sown. Because, you see, everything you see them doing, swearing and doing all these things, is hinged upon something that has been brooded upon in their hearts. And Jesus is saying that I want you to be more conscious about what is inside of your heart. I want you to be more conscious about the seed that is inside of you. So much that it will not have to get to the point where you have to add additional things for people to believe what you are saying. Have you looked at the man Abraham? The Bible says in the book of Genesis, God himself speaking. He says, I know my servant Abraham that he will command his children to walk after my path. He says, I know my servant Abraham. See, Abraham had gotten to the point where he he had become so trusted by God. okay, By God, so much that God could beat his chest and say, I know my servant Abraham, I know him. He will always lead his children after my path. Have you considered the man Job? God could dare, could dare the devil and say, look, go try that guy. I trust him so well. He has won my trust, and I believe in him. People of God, watch this. The whole rationale behind which we come here to preach and we come here to do these things that we do, it's not not to show that we know the scriptures. When we get on the stage and, you know, all the preachers that you see here, Pastor Craig, Ellen, and every other person, you know, come in here to preach, The idea is not just to show that we know the scripture. The idea is to ensure that gradually we will all grow into the very image and likeness of Christ Jesus. And this is what Jesus has taught us today. In the simplicity of the scriptures this morning, that we will get to the point where our yes will be our yes because we have chosen to sow seeds in our hearts that will yield fruit that people will trust and we do not need to use any extra words to get the trust of other people. I pray that this will be your story. Please, let's pray. Let's pray together. Let's pray. Father, thank you so very much for today. We are thankful for your word that has come. We ask that you bless your word once more that we have heard and that your word will be fruitful in our lives. Help us that the seeds we sow inside of us will be seeds that are nurtured by your very own word and seeds that will yield fruits to eventually bring glory to you and to you alone. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen.